I was still at the office, making lip love to a nagging of Jack, when in she walked. She was six foot twelve, legs up to her eyebrows, stitched into a dress as short as an Irish revolution. She coiled like a poorly stowed slinky, and released Mr. Tongue from what must have been a less than sanitary cage. Femme, femme fatale, she said, batting her eyelids like she'd reached for the Optrex and picked up the honey. Dick, private Dick, I replied. It's all here, she said. All the evidence you need. Evidence of what? The Killer Podcast, she answered, applying lipstick generously, like Gandhi. The Killer Podcast, his crimes too numerous to count, had left another clue in these underrated podcasts. He'd shot my partner years ago in a saloon in the Old West, and I still hadn't forgiven him. I'd have to listen to these podcasts carefully sift them for clues. Legs perched herself on my desk like a sexy pelican and hit play. After the concert, walking back to the prankster's apartment in Chinatown, I'm giant slaloming down the empty street, taking up the whole road, wondering what just happened. Did I do something really wrong? Was it like I was in the Lord of the Flies, or Heart of Darkness, or part of the final solution? Was I now a monster, one of the reptilians? Oh, the horror, the horror. I'd never heard of crusto journo hippie Scott Carrier, but that snippet had convinced me the man was a legend. He'd clearly been a globe-trotting wrong writer for decades, and the medium afforded him the chance to drip-feed us beautifully sautéed slices of grassroots journalism carved from his 1100-year-old ass. I assume you speak Mandarin. I raised a single monolingual eyebrow. No, doesn't matter. You'll love young love play. The language barrier only makes it easier to appreciate the production. What's this one? I asked warily. Oh, that's the Tobolowski files, she replied, batting her eyelashes. It looked like two seductive moths had seized control of her face were battling to be King Moth. Tobo's worked with just about everyone in Hollywood. Listening to Stephen Tobolowski is like falling asleep on a train and being woken up by the voice of the most interesting man in the world. Then opening up your eyes to find yourself alone because it's a podcast and he's not your friend. He's a famous person. The director came back to check me out during dress rehearsal. He shook his head and pointed at my legs. He told me I had to shave them to be a slave boy. Slave boys had to have smooth legs. He went to get me a razor. One of the first things I learned about college was there was something basically creepy about the theater. 
Hmm. This one was called a life well wasted. Could it be a clue? Was life wasted on the living? What a freak thought. I suddenly found myself spiraling into paranoia. Was Femme Fatale the killer? Was I? It was all I could do to hit play. I've seen the Valhalla of video games, and it is located in Mike Micah's basement. So this is an original Pong motherboard. You have to have a Street Fighter 2. This is like the, the kind I would play on in college. Here's a shrink wrap. Custer's Revenge, the first X-rated game for Atari 2600. A small subterranean space crammed with ancient computing artifacts and long-forgotten amusements. It's like a bomb shelter if what you need to survive nuclear winter is a metric ton of vintage gaming gear. Hardcore history, she whispered, leaning over me like the Tower of Pizza. The 800-pound gorilla of history podcasts. For my money, podcasts don't get much more entertaining than these multi-hour forays into World War I, the Mongol hordes, or quirky historic oddities. It's probably good that those 300,000 people died. They are a human reminder of the cost of evil. Imagine how different our world might be today had that army not been defeated outside of Stalingrad in what must have been a cavalcade of human suffering. Only one show left, and the crime was still unsolved. I hoped, prayed, that somewhere in the secret history of Hollywood lay the answer. He was sat quietly on the porch, looking out over their land, when Jean Garceau brought him the last of Lombard's letters. Gable stared down at the envelope for a long time, then opened it and began to read. When he'd finished, Clark Gable broke down entirely. Damn, I thought. The research, the suspenseful storytelling, the expert narration. They're unparallelogrammed. I looked up to tell Femme my clever and intriguing thoughts, but she was gone. She left nothing but a whiff of this American perfume. I gazed out the window, down onto the black and white street below. It'd be morning soon, and the killer podcast would hit the streets like a boxer who hates Tarmacadam. But this time, I'd be ready. <laughs> <laughs>